0: Welcome to the Chompcast, the official video game podcast of Sword Chomp. Our mission is simple: to talk about the video games we're playing, to discuss, to discuss,
1: to discuss all,
0: to discuss all issues surrounding gaming, and to cultivate a community of like-minded people who want to discuss gaming with each other. It feels like just yesterday that we were ripping lines out on plastic guitars, plugging in our headsets to chat with our friends while we loaded into wet work, holding our breath as we snuck around a big daddy and kicking our first blitz ball into a goal. The past is always fun to relive as it allows us to access a time of simplicity, of wonder, and of intrigue. And honestly, Both for us at SwordChomp and for you, the listeners, the 2000s were an absolutely magical time for gaming. If you take a look at the best games of the 2000s list, you and millennials alike will be flooded with wonderful memories of all of the incredible games that came out. It can be fun to discuss those great times. What was the best JRPG? What was the best shooter? Many questions can and will come from the 2000s. The one we are asking ourselves today is, what is the most influential game to come out of the 2000s? We will also be reading the listener comments that you, the Chompers, left on the Instagram. We will be discussing some of the games that we've played over the last few weeks. Excuse me, as we were recently on vacation, so we have some catching up to do. But we're going to be discussing Mario Strikers Battle League, the Rising, a press demo for Power Chord, and to round out the show, a little bit of Firewatch. And lastly, we will be reading the results of the social media polls that you all voted on at the Sword Channel Instagram. So let's get into some very, very quick intros here. Uh, he's calling in from New York and back from fisting gorillas. Please welcome Rich Meister. Rich, how you doing, buddy?
2: I'm back. I've returned, uh, stronger than ever, uh, having played a small amount of video games,
0: but here, nonetheless, and ready to record for
3: you. You're
0: ever-present, effervescent, and, uh, another word that is in that vein of another, ease. Yeah, uh... Excellent. You are excellent. Uh, uh, um, emergency...
3: You are emergency.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah. It feels weird to be podcasting in a way like we've had a nice quick vacation and I think we're going to need a little bit to get back into it. I'm feeling a little off right now. I don't know about you. Are you feeling the same way?
2: A little bit, but, um, you know, uh, the heart grows fonder, Shay. It's been a week and I am ready to talk to you about wario
0: well i am ready to listen to you talk to me about
2: Wario Can I can I uh, disclose something at the top of the show because I think I feel very proud of myself. If I'm being honest with you. I, I don't uh, think it's a good idea. I, it, okay, I'm gonna do it anyway. Okay. Uh, <laughs> you you asked at the at uh, the top of the show if I remembered what the topic was this week because we had been away, obviously, and I yeah. didn't. But the good news is when you introduced what the topic was, I remembered. I had notes about this. Like I had prepared for this one. So wow, uh, you how
0: far in advance?
2: uh probably like two or three weeks like when i see a topic coming up sometimes if it's one i actually want to like really think about i'll make notes so i got notes here that's dope all right
0: so you thought about it good job yeah all right proud of you kid it's almost like you're a professional podcaster
2: i did the bare minimum
0: (laughs) speaking of bears we bring it right back around to you festinum that's a
2: if we still did the pre-show that'd be a fun callback it would but
0: um, you know, things come up, but Rich, I'm glad you're here. Thank you so much for coming back from the zoo.
2: Yeah. Uh, I got really, it. really drunk with those, uh, African painted dogs. I bet you it was a, uh, the forbidden puppers, the, forbi- the forbidden
0: puppers. I bet you it was a good time.
2: It was. It was nice. a little, uh, R and R rum and riddling.
0: Were you, were you
2: howling with enjoyment? A little bit, a little bit on occasion, um, you know, not a crazy amount because there's just the one. There were some wolves. I, there was, um, there was one. You know, when you go to a zoo sometimes, <laughs> and I feel like at a zoo there's a lot of things that are dedicated, and you're like, I don't really understand what these signs are for. <laughs> so I'm walking, I'm walking up towards uh, this display, and you can't see what the animal is from like how far away we are, and. <laughs> there's a big sign on the side of it that says the Wurtz family, and I assume it was like a dedication, but I turn to my friend Heather and I go, what the fuck are you gonna do if we get up there and there's just a human family sitting on a sofa and (laughs) (laughs) this
0: dedicated to the Wurtz family here's their arch nemesis (laughs) in a cage it's the Wurtz family exhibit
2: hey let me out of here just like a
3: do not feed sign (laughs) Somebody throws in a fucking banana. The the father never mind, I'm not, yeah, not gonna go there. I'm not go there. But yeah, that would be that would be that would be amusing, I would say. But, uh, I'd go
0: to the people zoo.
3: <laughs> Where
0: are I the animals? I, I don't know if I would. I but would. before we go any further, I'm also joined by a friend who was fisted, I mean bitten, by a squirrel recently. Please welcome Squirrel Man themselves, Josh Fowler Josh, mm. how you doing, buddy?
3: Pretty good, pretty good. What powers have you acquired since that uh unfortunate event? Um, I've forgotten where I
4: buried a few things, um but that's fine. I buried extra in case um, mm.
2: are your powers squirrel girl adjacent? You see that's what I'm hoping for, but
4: I wasn't bitten by a squirrel girl, and I'm not sure if yeah
2: also squirrel girl was never bitten by a squirrel i'm pretty sure she's just a mutant i mean i think that's kind of
0: rude of you guys to assume it's gender
2: the what the squirrel? i mean no like he means it was a literal it wasn't the superhero squirrel girl did not bite him
0: oh okay okay Uh, i thought you guys were assuming the squirrel's gender she's cartoons yes yes yeah that makes a lot more sense okay i'm sorry that track
4: That track. But yeah, I've been I've been extra careful around any underbrush lately, just because I I feel since I'm I'm already forgetting where I buried things, I'm, I might also be more attractive prey to snakes. True. You, know, mm. you, you got to be careful around that. You you never know it, that squirrel may have been radioactive, and and you know it's always always a risk. So,
2: do you at least remember where you buried the antidote?
3: Shit, clock's ticking, Josh. I, I like. I just have one question about that event. Have you found yourself in the street playing chicken with more trucks? Since that's happened. Mm. Not so far. Not so far.
0: Well,
4: we'll we'll see how that handles. The, the transformation
3: hasn't completely, completely
4: exactly taken place We're we're not quite at the full moon yet. We'll have to <laughs> same amount of nuts in your mouth as usual. Exactly. Exactly. Storm for
2: I winter, w- baby. I would start. like to see
0: that. Is that a werewolf? A were squirrel?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: You're That's got to be sl- a thing.
2: Someone, someone's someone's, someone got to make that already. Someone's, yeah, written about the were. My favorite is the the D&D adaptation of the warehouse. There's a person that turns into a house during the full moon.
0: I like that. But the the squirrel, I think, would be so terrifying because they have those two giant front teeth that are always yellowed. Imagine seeing a not, massive, giant feral version of that. Not in my yard, because I buy all my
2: local squirrels Quip. Today's podcast is brought to you by Quip. Quip, <laughs> the toothbrush subscription.
0: <laughs> Wouldn't that be a segue for a fucking ad? That's Wouldn't how that be.
2: We, it, Quip, if you, if you sponsor us, that's the kind of ad you exactly. Can expect this is on what you two could look forward to. And I already use your product. I already use. I bought. I had to replace mine, and I bought a child's one by accident. But it's okay because (laughs) the brush heads change, and the the base of the brush is the same size, so it's fine. And now I got a nice blue color. They don't offer to the adults.
4: You see, that's that's the real shame that you can't get yourself a nice adult, you know, size powered whatever, you know spider-man toothbrush
2: well see the funny part is i bought the child one by accident because i was in target and i needed a new one and i was mm-hmm. like "Ooh, blue there you and go and i didn't finish reading the box yeah yeah
3: yeah i i, I think that's something you got to reach out to them
0: for Probably. i don't think they're gonna randomly listen to one of the billion podcasts that exist and be like oh these guys want a sponsorship well goddamn, let's get them one
2: We'll reach out to them. I use their... Pro-
0: it's a good
3: product. Hmm. I think you should. Let's make it happen. And they're like, you guys talk about cum too much. We're not
2: going to sponsor the show. I can't remember the last time we've talked about Quip, cumming. but get the cum just, out. Just now, just now comes to mind. <laughs> it Quip, comes to mind. Because cum does stain. <laughs> yeah, well...
4: It was a nice thought, when a, anyway.
2: When a cum shot comes along, you can quip it.
3: <laughs> Shay, what have you been up to, man? <laughs> uh, <how can> I... <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what my life is after that song. No, um, You know, I have been just hanging out. I... i'm
0: so confused i don't know where to go after that song to be honest with you but no i um
3: i've just been doing a lot of like boring fitness stuff that i'm sure nobody really wants to hear about um working existing i don't know i uh
0: i have a i have a slightly funny story to tell you guys that I already told you about a week and a half ago, and I'm going to tell you guys again on the air so we can react live to it because we've been away for two weeks. But um, I I, I talked to some random students in my school. They're um, two two, uh, girl students who had come into the classroom that I teach at because they were having a class that I wasn't teaching in there and introduced myself and we chatted for a bit. They've been talking to me every day now pretty much. And one of them came up to me one day after in between one of my classes had found me and was talking with me. And in Japanese, she whispered in my ear, you should come to my house. And I was like, uh, what the fuck? I was like, no, thank you. I'm good, thank you. Yeah, but I was just like, I was talking with some friends about it this week. Or this past week, and This is just a very minor tangent before we get into actual stuff. But I was telling my friend, I was telling her that it's so weird to me how, you know, because I've taught elementary school, junior high school, and now high school students, that they are very friendly, boys and girls. And they're usually very forward with what they want to talk about, um, what they're thinking about. And then there's this disconnect when they become adults that suddenly a lot of the Japanese people are super shy. And they don't talk about those kind of things. And it's it's such a weird disconnect. And right now, I'm actually actively trying to figure out why that happened. You know, like, why, why it is the case where they're a lot more open-minded and they're a lot more willing to share thoughts and feelings at that age. And then when they become adults, something completely changes. I don't know if that's more of a cultural and societal thing here in Japan or that's just in general a, an aspect of adulthood that I've not noticed. And I it's mean, just universal.
2: Your mid twenties is generally when the life is drained from you. I drop something. Um I uh I for one blame Vigo the Carpathian.
0: I thought you were gonna say Vigo Mortensen. I was like what does he have to do anything? <laughs> no, I just thought I'd bring up the villain from Ghostbusters 2 for some reason. Eh, you know. All things can be traced back to him, but yeah i it's it 's something that I was thinking about recently, so i don 't know if anybody out there knows you can message me at soch at gmail dot com and let me know if any of you have played <laughs> Please write in if you any of you have played enough of the persona games and have an answer for me, you can message me there listen man if i can 't answer
2: that question for you with my persona knowledge i don 't think anyone can um I did actually. I don't want to harp on that for too long, but I do have a follow up question in regards to the story you just told, Jay. Do you think that is like a? I know you were kind of saying this, but do you think it's necessarily a societal, like Japanese thing? Like that's the way it's always been in Japan, or do you think that the current generation of youngsters is just more open than their predecessors?
3: I definitely think there that the current
0: generation is more open. I think. It's, I mean, you look at our generation. Who um in they the talk U.S. who come on
2: podcasts? Mm-hmm. true. <laughs>
0: Not only that, but uh, in Western society, we talk a lot more about mental health, which is something that past generations definitely didn't do nearly enough. Um, and I think there's a lot more open mindedness and willingness to be open in regards to that topic and others. So I think for Japanese people, it's taken a lot longer, um,
3: because they're generally a reserved culture. But it's coming around. Things are looking up then. Including you as you were on your hands and knees for that
0: gorilla weekend. But no. Um, they actually
2: didn't have gorillas there. I was a little disappointed. That is
3: kind Well, I mean, yes and no. They were like uh, capuchin monkeys? That's What's cute. Right? Those yeah. are cute. Those are cute.
0: But enough of my ramblings about my life and my teaching, which I always seem to do. We can just you know, get into the actual talking about video games, which is what you guys listening came here for. So let's not waste any more time. Let's get into the video game talk. So obviously, I don't think this topic needs any introduction. We grew up in the 2000s. Um, We started becoming adults during that time. And uh, there's there's just such a really get around to that. Eh, if
2: you have time, I wouldn't like harp
0: yeah. on it. Yeah, don't rush it. But no, I I just have so many fond memories of that period. And I think there are a lot of games that we personally obviously connect with. But I I want us to be as objective as possible and say what we think is the most influential game during that period. And I think because we do have a shorter list of video games this week that we could spare the time to do two we think two of the most influential games of the 2000 um two so per two, person two, okay two each yeah 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 two total so That's rich good. um i'm sorry we're gonna have to skip you josh um what <laughs> just
2: kidding i, I like no the, the good thing is actually like uh I have a lot more than two listed, because as I told you, I have notes, but I have two that I think are the most worth talking about on my list. Uh-huh.
0: Well, that's that's good. How about you give us one? I, I love how no. we're
4: saying two each, and we're going to all have the exact same two, so it's, it is going to no. be two total. We won't. Total. I, I, we don't won't.
2: So. I, I don't dare. think so. I don't think 100%. so.
0: 100%. You guys don't um, have the ones that I wrote down. The,
4: so
2: the first one I'm going to bring up then, um, immediately, I just want to say it's an interesting one to bring up, because I don't think either of you will disagree with me that this is incredibly influential. But it's funny because there are people alive now who will never know how influential this is because the way it influenced gaming has kind of already come and gone. Uh, and that game is Guitar Hero.
0: <laughs> mm. Yeah. Yeah, I, I was really close to putting the first rock band on mine. But um... I,
2: I think that would all kind of encapsulate, and it all falls into that time period, but Guitar Hero is really the one that, like, launched that, and granted, there are other rhythm games that came before that, but I think the way, the whole, like, we're gonna sell you a plastic instrument, and, like, mine your nostalgia for, like, 60s to uh, modern rock music, mm-hmm. um, and, and package that to you, and, like, you know, it all started in an arcade setting, obviously, but it became, like, this super bougie almost it's funny because it does seem like a luxury item to a point as video games generally are but this is even a step further to buy like multiple plastic instruments but somehow i feel like every household had at least guitar hero one and a guitar for a while um and it just shaped gaming there were like things like rocksmith there were a million rock band there were a million different games like that and i mean some of them stayed around to some effect but all in all, that boom kind of came and went in the last 20 years.
0: Mm. Yeah,
3: it's like it was this phenomenon that I think surpassed video games in a way because there were house parties that
0: were planned after, you know, these you had, um, and I've talked about it so many times in the past, I I hate retreading old ground, so I apologize to anybody who's heard this story 11 million times, but I think that this game influenced people to become actual musicians, um, you know, as you were talking about, like Rocksmith, which was the natural um, successor to it. You know, I I think that this game had a lot of influence on people, and it, it's kind of shitty in a way that it had so much influence on the tail end of rock and metal being as popular as they were. Because as as this game has kind of phased out, I think rock has become Less popular amongst the general audience, and it's moved towards a more pop and hip hop or rap oriented interest, I guess, uh, amongst the general populace. Not that rock and metal still aren't popular, especially if you look at places like Europe or Southern um, America, South America. Like those, those genres are still incredibly popular in those in those countries and on those continents. But as a general whole, I think that they are less popular now. And it's kind of a shame that these games came out on the tail end of those games those genres being as popular as they were. You know, it's kind of a, an irony there in some ways. I mean, because I imagine, imagine if, like, during the 80s if the, if these games came out, um, the technology was there, during the, you know, the hair metal and heavy metal wave that was there, how many more bands and musicians would have sprouted from that?
2: I mean, yeah, I guess. I don't necessarily think that like rock is any less popular than it was. I think maybe like the indie scene is a little more burgeoning and it might have seemed more popular at the time as part of like a the zeitgeist of these games cuz as you said everyone was fucking playing these. Mm. Like there were entire house parties like just revolved around we're going to grab fucking beers and play Rock Band all night.
0: I miss those days. Maybe more mainstream is the way I should have worded it then. I mean, you look at a lot of the the 90s mega hits, and a lot of them were rock. And now you look um, in 2020s, and there are not a lot of rock hits popping the chart,
3: unfortunately.
2: Look, we're all saying the same thing. It's time for DJ Hero 3.
3: Uh-huh. I never I, even played one or
2: two. I actually like DJ Hero. <laughs> like, I think as a, f- a game, it was fun. Oh, yeah.
3: I believe it. I believe it. But it was just okay. a little bit
2: bigger of an ask for me to bring this giant plastic turntable to my friend's house.
0: Yeah, definitely. And there's, I don't think it's as fun as a, in a group setting as something like a one of the newer guitar heroes or rock band. You know, because that that was part of the fun of those games, getting together in a party and playing those.
2: Cool. Absolutely, absolutely. There's not uh, four dudes with a turntable is not quite the same energy um as having a full <laughs> rock band to band together.
0: Definitely not. But that's okay. Yeah, I I would agree with that. I think that that is one of the most
3: influential games to come out of the 2000s for sure. Uh Josh, you want to go with one of your choices? Yeah, I'm trying to figure out which one to lead with. Um Okay. All right. Um leading with my first one, the one that I think is more
4: influential because I think this one is probably going to have the overlap and we'll knock it out. It's my thought. We'll, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, but of my two choices, there, uh, I think the most influential game of the yachts is GTA 3.
5: Mm.
3: Um, yeah, that's a very safe and solid choice. R. I R. would agree Ray with you. Liotta. <laughs> Um, But the
4: kind of explosion into everything having to be an open world game after GTA 3 just took off kind of took over the entire industry and is still the way people assume almost everything has to be made at this point like so hmm. much of the AAA space is is still just ruined because of that game uh just extremely influential. Um, the the idea of just having an open sandbox like that to just hop in and mess around. Uh, the, like, no one had really seen anything like that before. Um, mm. and, and it's so
2: bare bones in retrospect. That's the funny part. Yeah, like yeah. We
4: absolutely, absolutely. Um, but, I, like, it came out on the PS2... Which had such a massive install base that it just, it, it really, I think it I think it just had such a huge, you know, uh, player base that everyone, everyone, you know, if you didn't play, if you didn't have GTA 3, you were playing it at someone else's house. It was, it just ubiquitous.
2: It was also like the first game to have that whole, like, look at all the star power we have attached cache to it.
4: Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, I mean other than like the there was an attempt in the 90s with all the FMV games, but that kind no- <laughs> yeah, like really of nothing a... really came of that.
2: That's of like a different ilk. Yeah. This was more of like the cachet of like, oh, you know, fucking like they're making a like, you know, true like crime noir game and Ray Liotta's in it like mm-hmm. we got all that Goodfellas cachet.
0: Exactly. Yeah, there there was there's so much about that game that was really influential, and I obviously touched on a lot of the things and not to rehash too much, but just the scale of that game was so
3: fantastical and just insane for its time. yeah, like, nothing had been seen um functioning at that at that quality of a level at that scale to that point
2: mm-hmm. it, it was, was pushing just, the medium absolutely yeah like, it was I, incredible. I, I,
4: I complain about game scale just feeling, it like, it's its own thing. Game scale is never there, and this is one of the first games that felt like, oh, no, this is just a one-to-one recreation of a city, uh, and it feels like that. I mean, like obviously, once you get out and walk on foot, it kind of starts to break down a little bit because the game is about the cars and about you, you know, <laughs> stealing whatever car and then screwing around. That, that's kind of it. Um Yeah. But, yeah, like the idea that you just have a world that is- exactly what you're you're looking at like it is it is what it seems to be, um like just just go go explore a city is really cool, um, and we've seen that done better and worse since then, uh kind of all over the entire
3: industry it had such such a huge impact, mm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, yeah. I think that is the obvious choice there. Um, can't argue or go against that one, for sure.
0: Um, uh, my first choice is going to be an obvious one as well. Uh, Call of Duty 4 Modern Warfare, I think is definitely oh, yeah. one that I have to mention up there, just because there, there had been
3: um, online multiplayer games before console. You know, you look at the PC, um spectrum, I don't know if that's kind the right word, with counter strike and then you, you have to talk about the spectrum?
2: You like dropped the egg, do you?
0: <laughs> and uh you can look at, you know, Halo being such a huge thing, but I think Call of Duty was just the the next level of what whatever those were trying to do in terms of console. Um yep. I also agree
4: that nine eleven was fairly
2: influential me crosses halo two off my off the list is my next game
0: <laughs> hopefully hopefully it wasn't that but no i i just saw such an explosion of you know people in my circle of friends and just people in general wanting oh, yeah. that game to play online just because they were like wow this is so incredible this is so fluid for the time it's the it's been next-level experience of playing online with your friends. This
2: is, in fact, Modern Warfare.
0: Yeah. (laughs) It it was just incredible to be able to, you know, hop online, and basically any of your friends were playing that game at the time. And it wasn't only that. I I met so many random people online in a positive way just from playing
3: the first Modern Warfare. It it, it really was kind of a uniting factor for a lot of gamers. Of course, there were, you know, a lot of
0: <laughs> negative things, too. I mean, that was kind of the birth of... of how not the birth, like I should say. But yes, that was one of the big... Uh, one of the big influencers of that is just seeing gamers get online to fucking troll each other. and You're sitting there being like,
2: Jesus Christ, how did they, these are like 16th century pirate terms. Where are they getting these words?
0: Oh. That's right. <laughs> fucking dolphin squeaking noises from spongebob but um (laughs) i it was it was such a cool thing to see at the time um just how how many people really wanted to be online and playing with each other and to speak outside of
3: that just i think the multiplayer itself was such a huge evolutionary jump um for what the the quality it could
0: be and what it could do online. I think Halo was doing a lot of that stuff and they did it pretty well.
3: But um Call of Duty came along and made it better in a lot of ways. Um not to say that it was per se overall better
0: than Halo or any of the no, other no, franchises no. out there doing it. The,
4: I think the, a lot of it was online in, in two still felt like it was very much built around that sort of land party oh mentality of you know it, it make a lobby and play with more. people you already know
2: it, it, yeah, mm. it was shaped out a little more than that but like i think a big part of what modern warfare got right and a big part of this might be more like the infrastructure was there by this point than like the game itself like a big part of it was one it was a good fun super fluid multiplayer shooter but the infrastructure was just there. Like, we had the party system that worked perfectly now. Xbox Live was incredibly reliable now. A lot of it was time and place.
4: Yeah, the just... The solo queue experience was finally good in that shooter, and it was kind of trash before that point. Um,
2: We didn't have to feel bad about invading a suburban town as soldiers with a gun at that point.
0: (laughs) Mm. (laughs) Hmm. Yeah. Well, I, regardless, I, I, I don't want to say too much
3: more on it. I, I just think that that game was, in a lot of ways, and this, this is a little bit hyperbolic, but it was one of the one of the progenitors of online console gaming,
0: at a really high quality level.
4: Oh yeah, no, like I know a lot of people who only play that game on consoles, uh, and it, it definitely has had an impact on online shooters going forward mm, or not not absolutely. just online shooters but what what the online experience should be like
0: yes yes and yeah. that's that's exactly what I was trying to say I couldn't put it as succinctly as you Josh so thank you that's exactly what I'm trying to say is that it influenced the way we play online games on console and even a little bit beyond that in some way so. yeah Um Rich Let's go ahead with your second and final uh,
3: influential game. Of the are 2000s. you ready?
2: Are you ready? Ready for no. me to knock it out of the park? No. The Elder Scrolls IV: Oblivion.
3: What? I finished yeah. my beer at the wrong moment.
4: That,
0: no, no. I, I like. Out. I I love that you're saying that, Rich. Let, Hear let, me let's, out. This game No, is I incredible. no, I I agree and I love it. Bracing I'm surprised for Horse Armor. you were saying
4: that uh that's yeah, that, it this, that's area. where it it's going the, isn't it this is no, a
2: horse was armor and they go also the first piece of dlc that's useless and just saps your money uh-huh. um but no like <laughs> there, there are important things that oblivion does i think um and as somebody who played the shit of that game i think that was like the first xbox 360 game that i got every achievement in um oblivion did something that at the time i did not think would ever happen which was it took the super intense PC Western RPGs like Morrowind, like arguably Morrowind is a better game than Oblivion, but it's also super bogged down by being this super obtuse PC RPG. And it took these big sprawling system heavy Western RPGs and made them approachable for console players.
4: Oh yeah. Yeah.
2: And it it brought a series that like, was in the dark for a lot of people especially for a mainstream audience into a mainstream like skyrim and the the skyrim which is the follow-up to oblivion because a lot of people don't realize skyrim is the fifth game in a series yep (laughs) um it brought it was the stepping stone that would eventually make skyrim like one of the biggest video games ever and also horse armor uh, mm-hmm. which I believe like I've done my research on this uh, mostly because at some point we're going to do an episode about this for chomping at the bits. I'm pretty sure as far as I can, I think horse armor is like the first piece of downloadable content on a console. And I'm so glad that it's the most useless fucking thing in the world. It makes the
0: story all the more better. Hmm. I like, I really want to harp on your point. In a, sorry, harp. I really want to support and reinforce here um your point regarding the making rpgs more accessible i think that's such a huge thing because like i played morrowind as a kid and while i really enjoyed it it was very up to yeah um,
2: I, I like morrowind more than oblivion personally but like uh, morrowind is not an approachable game <laughs> yeah. no no it's not and yeah, like yeah there's, there's i think so that's much... even why like
0: i think that's even why some people like had a heart Hard time with uh, certain aspects of Dragon Age. You know, I think that was a little bit of criticism of certain people, is there are certain aspects of that combat that require a lot more um, direct hands on approach to understanding strategy in general. And it, as a result, it, ma- it can make it a little bit more obtuse for certain people, which is also uh, a really good game that came out around that time. Fantastic game. Whereas Oblivion, simplified a lot of those systems in the right way while still having some of those more customizable quote unquote, obtuse aspects of the game like potion making and spell making um, there was enough strategy in there to still um, give some of those hardcore players that level of customizability and that level of just... Um, and Patrick Stewart Oh god, yeah um,
2: you ever you guys ever i I never know how true these things are, but it's one of my favorite things to always read I, I believe there's a Patrick Stewart interview where he talks about uh doing oblivion and how they gave him like this huge packet of backstory and lore for the character of Ariel septum, and he's like the character dies five minutes into the game. That's the best character preparation I've ever been given for a role ever <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: that's awesome, I love that. Yeah, I, I there there are a lot of things to really like about Oblivion, and I understand some people like Skyrim better, some people like Morrowind better. Um, for me, I've always liked Oblivion the best. A, a big part it of was that a nice nostalgia. sweet spot.
4: Very still digestible. Um,
2: oh, and I ate that game a lot. I mean, like yeah. I said, that, I do believe that was the first Xbox 360 game where I got every achievement because I just I ate up everything that game had to do and it really is the best bits of Morrowind distilled Mm. um -hmm. still hoping for Elder Scrolls 6 to finally take us to Black Marsh for anyone unfamiliar with my favorite piece of Elder Scrolls Oblivion level lore is that uh you know one of the main plots in Oblivion is these gates to the Daedric realm these Oblivion gates are opening in Cyrodiil and in uh Elder Scrolls lore at one point uh the dajira tried to invade black marsh which is the home of the argonians but the argonians kept invading them back they would just charge through the gates and start slaughtering them so they had
4: to retreat <laughs> perfect
0: yep i, I like th- there's there's so much lore honestly um within oblivion that i think people still talk about it you know 16 years later when are they going to visit this area when are they going to do something with this aspect of the game I wish and I hope that Elder Scrolls 6 does a lot of cool things and kind of comes back to blow us away and gives us a reason to remember why, you know, when Bethesda in the late 2000s, early 2010s, why they were on the top of the world, or they were on the top of the world in terms of gaming companies, why they were there. You know, I'm I'm not going to hold my breath, but, you know, there's a
3: reason why Bethesda was so beloved for... A period of time there and oblivion definitely has a part to play in that
2: but yeah, yeah for sure i think a, a big part and that big part is t- bethesda was the pc like deep genre game maker and this is what mm. brought them over to console and granted bethesda especially in its publishing arm had a bunch of others like fucking bioshock which is a game that was almost Brought up by me here. um yeah. There's they, they have plenty of other success, but I think this is a big one specifically for the Western yeah, RPG. Bringing that genre. systems
4: heavy PC RPG to, to a, the main yeah. mainstream audience mm-hmm. is, is a big deal. Yeah, lear- learning how to you know, like we said, just trim it down to what it needed to be to still give you that experience, but be approachable.
3: approachable. Mm. Absolutely, yeah. I agree.
0: Josh, your second one. I I I'm I'm slightly intrigued if you're going to go with another obvious one or you're going to go with something I mean,
4: again, I, like I said, I'm, I I, I still feel like GTA 3 is just the most by a, by such a long amount. Although oh, not, not yeah. that not that no one else would have figured out, "Hey, let's make an open world game at some point." Like that they
2: just did it first.
4: They did it. They did. They did it first and I think just from a like a marketing or not marketing, but like from a corporate perspective, people saw how much everyone wanted to see it. Mm-hmm. And they're like, Oh, we, we have to add this to everything now. And it just
2: I'm just waiting Josh to like throw a joke one and they will be like, Alright, so the next game I'm talking about is uh Pac World, Pac Man Adventures. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
4: um No, my my second one, again from that multiplayer aspect, um is World of Warcraft. The yeah. um The MMO had been done before, but again, sort of like Rich's, you know, Oblivion pick. Not the first, but the first to make it approachable and just uh, catch on with a massive audience.
2: you and i have said this before josh and i think it's like of the time let me say i'm not speaking about how i feel about them currently yes at that time certainly my attitude of blizzard was blizzard doesn't do things first it does things the best
4: yeah yeah and that definitely was the approach they took with world of warcraft um filing down a lot of the rough edges from the earlier mmos um but no Slash Pizza command, so... Yeah, yeah, it is rough, but... um, It really, like, that caught on in such a big way. It gave such... So many people... Like, people loved games before, but it never... kind of felt like a place you'd go to find a community until that point. Mm -hmm. I mean, again, there were still, you know, communities built around some of these other... Other MMOs beforehand, but it was such a massive scale
3: uh, change moving into that. Uh, yeah, yeah, like that was that was huge. Like the, we keep making MMOs that generally don't go anywhere at this point because
4: I feel like it's kind of the same audience that has stuck around and just moved from game to game in in a lot of ways like they're kind of they're kind of split but like you know you you find these friends you make this community and then you go play games with each other on something else um and well
2: the the fact of the matter is i think in a market like the mmo market and the Mm -hmm. like amount of subscribers you need to be successful and to keep turning out uh expansions and like there's only so much of that market to go around and i think the market was fairly split between like ff14 and world of warcraft for say the past decade yeah and now a lot of that like now i think ff14 is really eating a lot of their lunch on that and until a matter of like oh maybe they'll be like you and i definitely talked about this privately josh like at one point over the past years my entire wow guild just migrated to ff14 oh yeah yeah and i went with them
0: well, I, I mean, that's all in large part due to obviously what's happening to that company. Well, but even we you know it, that it, was it was happening it
2: in small in small installments before that, mm-hmm. and then like when you know things came to a head in the way they have the past two years or so. Everyone, all the stragglers who were left, were like, "Fuck it, we're going to the other game." Yeah, yeah.
0: Um, I I, I want to add a little bit to the conversation of what you're talking about, Josh, because I do have a little bit of a unique. Perspective on yeah, that even though know, I wasn't a big um
3: the biggest fan of the game I played a little bit with you back in the day I remember yeah. that but I think that World of Warcraft had such I mean it's easy to forget now culturally how
0: big of an impact it had oh, yeah. on on in the world not just gaming but in the world you had yeah, people yeah, getting married in that game you had people having funerals in that game for mm-hmm. people
3: they had never met um, that I remember studying about World of Warcraft as a kind of modern
0: ritual in a college class because we, mm. we had talked about this exact aspect of people getting together at the same time with the same community working together and it was a very community driven type of experience and that's yeah. kind of an expansion of what you're talking about in some ways but um, just to see it go even further beyond that to affect real life, you know, um, people yeah. would get together to do things besides, quote unquote, play the game, you know, people were celebrating weddings in there, which is insane. And it, it like, Fucking in a good way,
2: services, like, yeah, no, they became these mm-hmm. big, like, for me, <laughs> and this is almost a weird thing to compare it to. It was almost like the social media of the day. Yeah, exactly. Actually, maybe less toxic.
0: Well, that. Very much so, and actually, it um, was kind of in some ways a precursor to how people had other events online. Because as yeah. a result of World of Warcraft, um, churches actually figured out they could have people gather online for digital, um, you know, celebrations and um, going and to church. Left.
2: Oh, oh oh! i'm sorry i thought you meant church is the band i, I was gonna say and now we all watch marshmallow concerts in fortnite
0: um oh, no i'm talking about actual church like attending yeah. actual church that, yeah online which is something that, well, that makes sense came as an influence from world of warcraft and i think that world of warcraft has obviously had influence back in the 2000s on that and now what fortnite and some of the other more uh contemporary versions of that are you know, Fortnite is, I think, in a large in a large way what um Gen Z's version of a uh, gaming social media platform is. And th- it's something that we've talked about on
3: the show in the past. That is in large part because of what Worldcraft, like the foundation that it laid. Like, yeah. yeah.
2: Yeah, totally. And, and I think predict- another
3: another less the community aspect of it. Oh, it's it's part of the community, but it's more about World of Warcraft kind of gave publishers the a little taste of,
4: man, we could have the same players stick around in a game for forever. And I feel like outside of what we've already talked about, the, the idea of the live service game really came out of the MMO mindset. Um, the
2: subscription model that it the subscription model, yeah.
4: like oh, but we could just do it free with things like you know League of Legends and every fucking shooter like Destiny or whatever at this point that just oh no you just, you need to stick around forever, um sort of a an experience, um mm. that we're we're we see so many of those now. um Games need to be a money making platform for now. for an extended period of time. Yeah, um,
3: yeah. It's like I think that unfortunately. Gaming has moved out of, uh, in some ways, not across the board, less of
0: a, for the enjoyment and for the hobby, and more of a, it is a multi-billion dollar media. Oh, absolutely. It's,
2: It's bigger than film, like, and it's, that, and the growth is, has been 100 times as fast as the film industry.
3: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I can't can't understate how influential that game is. That's probably
0: I would even say that that game World of Warcraft is more influential than Grand Theft Auto 3 or anything else. It's to hard to say.
4: Game. Uh like it
2: I think I would agree with that. It's pr- it's probably a hard point to prove, but I, on, I do on think on the publishing
0: so. level
4: probably. It probably is more influential on the like design level. I think I think Gta probably edges it out it, it depends which way you want to look at it I think sure um that's a great
0: point. I just think that like in terms of like strict gaming yeah oh, probably yeah. Gta and World of Warcraft are neck and neck, but in terms of like societal and cultural um even in some ways socio economical ways, world of Warcraft eats oh yeah grand theft Autos grand Theft Auto three wow
2: mate arguably have like the bigger impact on like and i think this is kind of what we were just talking about like the way monetization in games has evolved over the past few years and that's the starting point yeah. but it's hard to say it has like a bigger impact on design solely because so few mmos get designed because things like wow existed and the argument is there's no market for it and they're kind of correct because you need you can't be the middling mmo you oh yeah need no to no be a contender with wow or or, or do your own thing
4: by like completely different sort of a
2: or you're going to be gone inside a few months.
4: Mm-hmm. Mm. Yep,
0: exactly. I, I Yeah, I think we nailed it there. Uh, my last choice is going to be one that I I think is going to be the hardest one to prove, which is why I left it for the last. I think Braid is also one of the most influential games of the 2000s. And um, I think yeah, a lot Boy of people... Boy
2: didn't like Braid, right?
0: What? <laughs> Soldier Boy didn't play Braid, right? He didn't tell him, that's yeah, for sure. Yeah. But no, I think Braid is one of the most influential games of the thousands, and I know a lot of people probably scoff at that or even think, "What the fuck is Braid?" But
2: no, you're correct. Go watch indie movie, the game, everybody.
0: Uh, indie, Braid? I, indie
2: game, the movie. I'm, I'm not having a seizure. <laughs> Braid
0: was definitely not the first indie game. Um, and I, I, I think you could even make some. I think you could argue that Cave Story is nearly in some identical. Ways
4: even points for for this or super meat boy for for both were they both the same year
0: of the no no or were they was 2008 and meat boy was 2010 unless you're talking about the flash version of meat boy oh yeah yeah, yeah. i'm not sure
2: i almost argued no that was just meat boy not
0: super meat boy so right yeah
2: I I almost tried to argue similar points of like proving games can be art of for like Shadow of the Colossus, but I think I know where you're going with the Shay, and I don't disagree.
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah, that would be a, that's another great one. But Braid, um, Cave Story was one of the most influential, I think, indie games out there. But Braid that I never played.
3: Oh, dude, you should. Oh man, it's so bad. Cave Story is amazing. I'm glad Josh oh, yeah. pounded on me to play that one, but no, um, Braid I I was. It seems likely really? at this
2: point
4: that you would somehow have got it on I a hard drive somewhere. On, you own. I think owned. it
2: was free on Epic at one
4: point. I, I mean, mean, the shit, game man, itself it's was good. free. Yeah,
0: and like it was or just like
2: Cave Story Plus, whichever version they. Oh to yeah, yeah, the for. like the
4: Switch one.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: Um, Braid was so monumental for bringing indie games to mainstream eye uh, and mainstream
0: attention to rappers' uh, attention. yeah most people had not really even given indie games a second thought in a in a good way they were just like nah you know like if they're not published by a studio i'm not going to pay attention to them and then you know xbox came out with their their online service xbox live and braid was one of the first games that happened to make its way there indie game wise that got the attention of mainstream and for damn good reason it yeah. showed that you could have a
3: compact game made by a smaller developer and it can be fucking good. And can be fucking
2: great, yeah.
3: And the
0: thing on top of that is you're not paying a 60 or $70 price tag for a good video game. And I think that really yeah. blew open the marketplace of gaming in terms of we don't always have to spend 60 or $70 on a video game um, that you can get different amazing. levels of gaming experiences at all price points, yeah.
3: And in terms of
0: uh, the the not the quality of directors, but the 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 notoriety, I guess is probably not the I, best word either. But just
4: yeah,
0: uh, you know, like it, it just it really blew the doors open. Well,
2: the indie and, game designer became like the indie filmmaker of the day. Like you know, mm-hmm. Jonathan Blow, suddenly Jonathan Blow was a name people knew, and I think. I think, and this kind of piggybacks off what you're saying, because I think Braid is that point, Shay. Yeah, Um, yeah. Those four years of like the xbox the live summer, summer, arcade, summer arcade where for anyone yeah. who wasn't around at the time like the big push was like every i don't remember if it was every week or if it was every month for whatever for the summer it was, it was
4: like the whole summer they had several yeah, games i don't it, like different every, schedules every, each time
2: every two three weeks whatever it was xbox would like promote super hard this small game and it'd be like this fucking 15 dollar game is on the front of the xbox live Arcade page and this is where things like limbo came from yep. like th- it was so important to boosting these small studios and these small creators and it really changed the way games were made and the way people perceived the way games were made.
4: Yeah. Mm-hmm. And
2: and
3: also kind of the, the tail end of the 90s, we started seeing a push
4: uh, again more in the PC space of in the for, shareware I, I, space I, in the well, a, a the shareware space of like the indie games but also even on like the you know the larger games uh this push to like the Sid Meier's games. Like, I'm going to put my fucking name on this thing because I want people to know who made it. Um, fucking American McGee. Yeah. Um, and that kind of came and went. But then I feel like the indie developers becoming names people knew, like you said, with like Jonathan Blow, kind of made people curious about who's making my other, my, who's making my AAA games again. And I feel like we've gotten better with that since the- Braid.
2: And that led into like beyond that, like you know, you had your, your indie devs. Back then, we had the occasional like quote unquote rock star dev. You know, you got your your Shigeru Miyamoto's, you got your Hideo Kojima's, you got your Ken yeah. Levine at the time. Like there were there were names, but yeah. like they're, these influential designers that that we come to think of. I just I think of Jonathan Blow being disappointed in Soldier Boy as the best part of indie <laughs> indie game. The movie. Oh, he just didn't get it, and Jonathan Blow was sad for him.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why you're so interested in Soldier Boy.
2: Cause it's hilarious. Like Soldier Boy just talks about how he kind of didn't get braid, and Jonathan Blow is just genuinely disappointed by that. He's like, "Oh, that sucks."
0: <laughs> Can I read you guys a random fact I just read really quickly? Sure. Um, the skin tissue inside of your mouth is the same as the inside of a vagina. That's yep. fucking hot. Like that's yeah i want to know how many people who just heard that are now licking the inside of their lips or their cheeks i mean
4: i am now that you said that i should do that Mm-hmm. <laughs> mucous membranes a mucous membrane that's kind of
2: how yep. it be so, yeah so. The, the 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 baller part about vaginas is no teeth
4: though mm-hmm. yeah like that's the big one up you know i mean you can always just ask them to take them out as far as, far <laughs> as places you could put your dick
1: but
2: John is uh, definitely, like, top of the list.
4: Uh-huh. Yep. Well, uh... Polygrip, I think... and forget it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know if that was actually their slogan or if it was some other. Probably. This is when we'd insert a second... Fixident? It was Fixident, not Polygrip. Fixident and forget it. That's... magicil. I'm, I'm... Okay. <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's a thing. Insert the uh,
2: second quip ad right here.
0: Yeah, <laughs> quip it good. You know, if you really want the inside of your mouth to feel like a vagina, make sure your teeth are clean and free of Brush bacteria and tartar. <laughs> well, and let's quip read some of the listener
2: comments. Every three months on a dentist recommended schedule.
0: <laughs> let's read some of the listener comments on this topic. Which you can uh, you can comment every Thursday at the Sword Chomp Instagram on the topic of the week, and we will read your comments and reflect on them, um, which we love to do on the show because sometimes we miss things. It's always good to hear from the listeners. Um, let's start with DabZ27's comment. Halo 2 and Metal Gear Solid 2 Sons of Liberty are
3: classic. Um, I can't really speak to Metal Gear Solid 2. Um, the know. classic bait-and-switch. Love it. But Halo Halo 2 was definitely... Instrumental. I, I think
0: I would probably make some case that the first one is a little bit more influential than the second one in some ways, but I think going with Halo 2, you can't go wrong with that either. Um, yeah. Why would, like, just because you guys have more information than I do, why is Metal Gear Solid 2 so influential? Maybe I
4: because of the bait and switch
2: the idea that here's the thing I don't think it is because of that like it's important I don't know if I call it influential because nobody's quite done anything like that
4: since and I think it only has gotten harder to do okay yeah well do you guys agree other than people knowing not to do it because that game did oh, that oh
2: dude i so like oh god like fucking the balls on kojima to like trick everyone it was the greatest thing i thought it was awesome yeah at the time i thought it was awesome i still think it's awesome
0: well then maybe to say like from what i'm hearing obviously outside looking in it's not so much about the bait and switch then but it's about how you can really
3: use the story of a game to you know have a cohesive in-depth really engrossing
0: story at that next level i mean you look at something like final fantasy 7 which had an awesome story and it had twists and turns but it was it was bogged down by um bad pacing at times and i think you could say the same thing with final fantasy too bad yeah. pacing at times uh stilted storytelling but from what you guys are talking about and granted outside looking in i am not sure if this is correct but it's a it's a wild ass story because i know Kojima has a pension for doing that but mm-hmm. also the payoff um is there from everything he does and the story he tells up to that point
3: is that would that be correct
2: i i think uh metal gear solid 2 is like probably the prime of like kojima's like insane ass storytelling uh and i love i love metal gear solid like all the way through but i think that Two is definitely like a, a high point in terms of Kojima's weird fucking nutso storytelling. So in that sense, yeah, it's it's really important.
0: Do you think that kind of storytelling, just in general, not specifically that style, but per se, but that well, kind of wacky it, as storytelling far as has influence? Games
4: are are dumb. Yes, I I think I think the completely over the top storytelling because because again, he was another one of the you know game Rock makers star. using using you know voices we'd heard before and stuff like that um yeah he had his stable of people he
2: was the rock star game developer and i i think that his kind of storytelling definitely seeped into culture and this is a a degree of bias just the
4: absolutely insane over the top gaming stories yeah
2: i I think that part of the reason i almost never don't bring it up in terms of going oh it's influential and part of it is my bias for how much i like his stuff going that like i just don't think of it as influential because I still don't think anybody does it
3: quite like Kojima. Mm. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. Um Marcelo Ravi said
0: to me, Halo. And I think um like we don't have to go into too much detail, but a little bit of detail would probably be cool. Would you guys take the first Halo or the second Halo as the more influential game of the two thousand? The the first I one. Think,
2: Uh, as a proof of concept yeah i think the second one in terms of its impact on multiplayer which modern warfare only did more even further um like as far as what halo one was doing with multiplayer it wasn't like the gameplay felt better and smoother but i feel like it was still just rolling high on that land party thing that
4: dude and quake were doing well i think i think it's one because one got the controls right um, and that was something shooters on console had been just fucking whiffing over and over yeah, that's again a fair, that's a really and good Halo point. one kind of showed, oh no, you put the sticks like this, you use the triggers for almost everything like this this is how it 's done, and it 's almost all. First-person shooters stuck. still use the same or very similar controls they, at this they, point. They, they refined
2: a little bit here and there, but the basic outline that Halo set up became this is still the standard.
4: Yeah, yeah, it's absolutely still the standard. Like also, X, Blood Gulch X is, is reload. Cool. Like that's yeah. It's
3: from mm. here,
2: unless you got an active reload, yeah. And Blood Gulch
0: is pretty cool.
3: Blood Gulch is pretty cool.
0: Um. Okay. What about uh, Red Blue Blur? 1993's comment: Jack and Daxter as the most influential game of the 2000s. What do you guys think? I th-
4: I think he may like it a lot, but I I kind of see that as the tail end of the
2: I like platformer game
4: type wave going on yeah, I, there. I think mm. that's that genre on its. It's way not really out. platforming; I, it was sort of platforming adventure well, the first, game.
2: The first one is like pure platforming, yeah. and then they go in kind of different directions from there. Um, I really like that series. I think it's like the peak of that genre. Um, But it is that genre kind of on its way out. And unfortunately, um, maybe not so much, unfortunately, because I like these games too. like of those games, like Ratchet and Clank is like the one that's still around. Um, Mm. Yeah, I don't I don't. It felt like the evolution of, like, the Crash Bandicoots of the world, but it definitely yeah, feels yeah. like the tail end of that era. Yeah, so no, absolutely. One.
4: Absolutely. At least that's the way I kind of—I I don't see what it really influenced coming out of that so much as it was great and kind of the culmination yeah. of that genre.
2: I, I think it's the peak of that. Like, and I, don't, I think that's why it's remembered. And maybe absolutely. that's better in a sense because it's like, all right, we did it. This is the best
0: that, that has to offer. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, I, I have no thoughts about Jack Dexter, so I didn't want to comment on it. Uh, Josh, you're in good company. Um, oh, Heather Arnold said GTA three for sure. Majora's oh, yeah. Mask gets an honorable mention only because I love it so much. <laughs> it's a great fucking game. Yeah. Do you guys think it's pretty influential in general? I-
4: yes, ish. Although, again, <coughs> bringing something to console. Something I wanted to get into more about Oblivion was I I mentioned how it was much more the systems focused PC RPG. Systems focused games were so big on PC. Like, it had. PC was not a big enough space for um, Deus Ex to be the game here. But in a lot of ways, so many bits and pieces of Deus Ex were taken by other games. Here and there, and it's slowly being reassembled on consoles. It's just taken ages to get there, um, and I feel like Majora's Mask was taking a lot of that. Oh, here, here's a here's a clockwork, very intricate world for you to learn how everything in it works. Um, yeah, kind of I- taking that from it.
2: And scaling Ooh. it down a bit. I also yeah. think uh, Majora's Mask, and not to understate how it was influenced by stuff, I think it ended up being super influential on, like, the indie scene. Oh, yeah. You know how many kids grew up playing? Like, what? this is the weirdest Zelda game ever, right? and I love it, and it, like, changes the way you think about how a game can be made, and the weird absolutely. shit you can do there.
4: Exactly, yeah. I, no, I, I absolutely I can see Majora's Mask being hugely influential, especially... For for all those reasons, because it was very much a game that kind of revels in being a game, but it's is still being weird and obtuse. Yeah, like, yeah. I,
2: I think it's definitely super influential in, like, for I was the right age at the time for that game, like, influential in the way I thought about what a video game could be.
4: Absolutely.
3: Mm. Yeah, I don't know what to say about that game. I don't, yeah, I just I'm just gonna leave what you
0: guys said. Um, I think Majora's Mask. I want to briefly say that I think it's not per se the most influential game, but I think what was cool about it is that the story played a lot with time, and I think that that concept in general may not it may not have been the first one to play with time, but I definitely think it had some level of influence for subsequent games who played with time. In the way that yeah. you could, uh, that game showed how you can, you know, manipulate time and do a lot of things with it, to narratively to create a really engrossing story, and maybe in some ways it influenced something like Braid. Who knows?
4: Uh, I'm I'm sure I'm, I'm sure yeah, I, I think it absolutely did. Yeah. Again, again, kind of going back to that systems level thing, and then especially Majora's Mask drawing stark attention to the time aspect. It like it's from there that we get things like in Braid. One of the special puzzle pieces being a thing you have to wait for a platform for hours to move where you need it to be in mm-hmm. order to jump on it. Or or something like if if you save during the fight with uh the end? Who's the sniper in G T in, in MGS three? Is it the end? It's not the yes. end. Is it? I believe so. Okay, yeah, anyway, I can't remember his name, but the old guy. In you can save your game and wait in that fight for long enough for him to die of old age, yeah in as far as like systems level things go
2: um it was the evolution of uh so you like Castlevania,
4: yeah, yeah, like that <sighs> i'm I'm trying to think of other examples of that, but you know like obviously the direct influences on things like um uh the outer wilds and, and stuff like that that have you know directly influenced um and even things like uh time loop games yeah became t- a time thing. time loops in general kind of became a thing. Majora's
2: mask is I think like the first example of a really high quality, really finely tuned time loop
4: game. Oh yeah, absolutely. It, like in in some other games there were aspects of that, but it was more on a playthrough level. Like um we've got X amount of time scheduled out. You've got so far, I mean, things like, uh, um, um, was it Dead Island? What's, what's the series that you like with the timed zombie game? Um, Dead Island. Dead Island. Oh no, 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 no. Dead Rising. Dead Rising. I I knew it wasn't Dead Island, but anyway. Um, Dead Mall. Yeah, yeah, where,
0: Dead Penis.
4: How, how am I going to map out a perfect run through this game is, is a really cool, you know, mental thing. It makes you really familiar with a game world, in in some mm. really cool ways. Well, you're going to want to grab a katana and post up
0: in the food court for a while. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I, I'm I'm insa- insanely curious right now. As I said, uh, dead penis. If there's ever been a porno made called dead penis,
3: you you, you
0: where the it. penis is resurrected and it has an insatiable lust mm. to fuck fuck everybody to death.
2: Have I not? Talked about that before when, when Ray and I used to work together, we were writing a movie called die on my dick. Yeah. You told that, You yeah, told yeah, us. It's pretty much the same concept.
3: Hmm. I did find an article that says family shock to find dead son's penis severed.
2: Baywatch dead penis, Zach Efron joke shocks at CinemaCon.
3: <laughs> well, you know, there are some things that we have answers to that we don't need to have answers. To. I guess. I, I want to give those answers question. back. Let's nope, write, let's like write the dead penis
2: porno.
0: Let's write I'm it. I'm on
2: it. I'll get a draft to you by tomorrow.
0: I don't believe you. Uh, Tony S. Now, said, Half-Life 2. I mean, that game still oh, is yeah. solid as a yeah. rock, and it spawned multiple series. GTA 3, because the it made sandbox. A spawned a million memes. True. Uh, GTA 3, because it made sandbox a household thing. True. Halo for what it did for console multiplayer. True. Gears of War for making the color was, brown the default color in every game.
4: I, I think even less than that, I was going to, that was another one on my short list because.
2: Yeah, it was on there for me as
4: well. Literally every game since then, the, the idea of walking into a room and knowing you're about to get into a fight is just well, so <laughs> so painfully obvious because, oh, hey, there's, there's. A suspicious amount of waist high cover in this room. I wonder what's going to happen next. Well, it it was like um the opposite of Josh. You and I definitely had this
2: discussion when we talk about Oni at one point, mm-hmm. where it was like Oni was the polar opposite of Gears of War, where it was like this is a game where all the environments are based off real world environments and it turns out as far as video games go, real world environments are the Kinda worst suck. place to set yeah. them.
4: Yeah, they're absolutely terrible for shooters. That was a mistake. Yeah, it absolutely was, but then Gears of War just again throwing any attempt at making it realistic out the window. We're going to design the spaces to play in.
0: Um yes. I, I don't know about you Josh, but I think that you know, I got to push back a little bit on that because I think it's kind of influential for the real world. I, I mean, when I go to the crack dens that I go to, I'm like, there clearly is going to be some trouble. Someone's going to throw a knife at me in here. And mm-hmm. there's a lot of cover, but I know to prepare for it. I'm like, I know where my point of entry and my point of escape are.
2: I'm always looking for a point of egress whenever I enter a room. Mm-hmm. Like, well, if, shit, if shit hits the fan. Speaking of egress, we digress. I make sure I have point. my active reload ready. Yep. Mm. Is that is that the <laughs> is that the needle? Insert dumb <laughs> joke here. No, I, I quip it good. Oh no, yeah. no, it's sorry. not that. Okay. Yeah, sorry. Uh, Half Life Two though. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. At one hundred and fifty percent.
0: Yeah. Uh, last comment: WJ Danilo said, "I'd say either GTA Three for open world design or Halo for first person shooter game." Um. Yeah, I. I mean, very similar to what we said. I want to just give some honorable mentions. We don't really need to discuss them, obviously. Um, I think that Shadow of the Colossus, like Rich was saying earlier, definitely deserves to be up there. Resident Evil Four, well, I think, was super influential for. Yeah, I mean, that's us? coming out. That's coming out next year. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Metroid Prime, I, I would say, or um, Silent Hill Two, I definitely think deserves to be up there. Garfield. <laughs> hmm? What'd you say? Garfield cart.
4: Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't seem like it, because <laughs> it, it feels way more recent than that, but Wii We're Sports Garfield cart? 100% needs to be on this list. But it feels yes. so much more recent than that gen before, somehow. But, if you. Will, yep.
0: Wii Sports you, definitely deserves to be up there. If you want to listen um, to let
2: people prattle on about Wii Sports for uh, 60 minutes, there's, I just, we just did a whole podcast about that.
0: <laughs> and I would say even Final Fantasy X deserves to be on there just because of the voice acting.
2: In in games of that scale, yeah, that was a very big deal.
0: Mm-hmm. So, um, but yeah, I think that's... I'm, there, there are other games that you could add to that list, and I'm sure we missed some. We um, if we absolutely. missed any,
4: there's way too many games came out during that era that have influenced something or other. Like it's we'd just be, it was be here all night. Just an insane mm. period of growth in in the industry during those right. years.
0: Yeah, I mean, like uh, I, a lot of people probably don't remember this game, but uh, Two Worlds influenced me to get a bonus
2: two worlds influence me to
0: learn GameStop's return policy (laughs) (laughs) that's right well let's head on break uh we're gonna be right back and then we'll come back with some gaming talk so don't you go anywhere we'll be right back ah the
4: summer breeze the sun is beaming the waves are crashing life is good
1: Mister! Mister!
4: Uh, What? What in the blazes is going on?
2: X-tree, x-tree! Read all about it! Read what, lad? Spit it out! How did you find me on vacation? Swordchump has tank tops, beach towels, and much more over at store.swordjump.com! Store.swordjump.com?
4: Store.swordchomp.com
2: Store.swordchomp.com Yes! Store.swordchomp.com
4: Store.swordchomp.com Yes, damn it! <sighs> it worked. i can going to enjoy my afternoon nap in Peace.
0: Hey, mister, did you hear about store Hello, everyone. Welcome back. We're here. Uh, we're coming back. We're going to talk about some video games. Rich has played Mario Strikers. That's right. He played Mario Strikers Battle League. Rich, tell me about the game. How did you enjoy it?
2: Uh, I like it, man. Uh, so I feel like I'm I'm always coming in hot with this. I like Mario sports games. Um i for anyone unfamiliar Mario Strikers is the soccer or football uh Mario series. There I I believe there was one on the Wii that I didn't play, uh, but I really liked the original Mario Strikers. And uh so far with the it's out today as I was recording this, um with the minimal amount of time I've been able to put in I think features wise and like gameplay feel wise, this might be my favorite of the Mario sports games that has come to the Switch. Um because they've really expanded it outwards i mean like there is the typical like feel that those old mario strikers games had which were you know you're playing as x character you have like these power shots these skill shots you're passing you're shooting there's a lot going on in the field there's items like bob bombs banana peels stars mushrooms the typical mario game fair mm. um But in the past, those games were very focused on, like, all right, you pick one character. Like, you're playing as uh, Yoshi, and then there's a bunch of, like, fodder characters that are uh, his teammates. That's out the window. You pick four characters. It's a four-on-four match. And when I say that, I mean, you could literally have eight people playing at the same time. You could Hmm. be playing a four-on-four soccer match. It's got full online support. Um. I did like one of the cups and then mess around with all the tutorials and stuff. Mm-hmm. As far as I can tell, I'm sure the NPC stuff steps it up a little bit. I get see coming away, feeling like this is a little bit light. If you're not engaging in the online stuff. Um, and a lot of the online seasonal stuff, which the season from today launch day start season one starts in, I think nine days. Um, And I believe it's an overall collective stat because you basically make online football clubs, which are basically, like, you know, your, your quote-unquote clan. Um, for anyone listening to this, if you want to join, uh, the, I created the Sword Chomp Football Club for Mario Strikers Battle League, and it is open. Just search it, and you can join up and join our team and rep the Sword Chomp jersey, which is pink, I decided. Um, Perfect. Great but, color. Yeah. Uh, and there's unlockable like gear to sort of tweak the stats of the characters but much like in these Mario sports game every character kind of has different stats my like lock-in team right now that I'm feeling pretty solid with is uh I'm playing Waluigi, Wario, Luigi, and Rosalina uh that's my team they're pretty they they, they got things covered they're locking it down um but man this game has flair it's real fast paced like I said I've been very early hours but like it, it's made a pretty strong first impression
0: Okay. Okay. Yeah. I was kind of curious about like, if you're not as interested in the online fanfare, if there's enough there to warrant the the price tag, you know,
2: I think you're going to be found wanting if you don't plan to enjoy in the on like, it's still a really tight game. And I I did one of the cups. And I think those NPCs prove challenging enough that if you keep stepping it up, it'll still be fun. But I do think the real value here is going to be participating in those seasonal events and like going mm. playing people online. I think that's where the real value is here.
0: OK, OK, that makes sense. Um, Yeah, I'm interested. I was interested in the game, but looking at it, it seems like a largely multiplayer um experience and I'm not really looking for that right now.
2: Sure. Yeah, no, it definitely is. Um, I will say as far as like going all out on production, um, it's got that flair you would expect from like, you know, for anyone who has ever watched like a televised football match, you'll know, like the fanfare of it all is half the fun. When I scored my first shot as Wario, and it did a cutaway to Wario running across the field with his arms up as money flowed by him, I was <laughs> like, okay, yeah, they got the aesthetic right. Like, the over-the-top, like, fuck yeah, like, showboating
0: after oh, every yeah. goal is is phenomenal. That's mm-hmm. great. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. I mean, it, it does look like a lot of fun, and I'm glad you're enjoying it. I hope other people in our community end up joining you to play that game as well yeah
2: I'm, I'm putting it out here on the um on the the podcast now obviously i've already posted it in our discord um and i've had a few people join up already those football clubs are um i think they max out at 20 members so i just left it open and once it's full it's full but i want to put the messaging out there like come before the season starts and cool. uh join up and represent sword chomp in mario strikers battle league
0: and if i mean if it fills up you can always have tryouts and kick people out yeah exactly you know, you're looking exactly. for the best <laughs> the best of the best
2: to be fair you do um you do pick your like motto which is like what you're what you're here for and it could be like just for fun and i put ours as like we play to win
0: oh yeah oh yeah well you know i wish you uh nothing but luck in the upcoming season hopefully not too many of your players get injured um
2: i'll report back and assuming uh timing wise i can make it work i definitely want to try especially since i'm trying to get the community involved with this i definitely plan on trying to stream some of this once the season starts
0: if if you actually do i will tune in for those
2: yeah i think that could be really fun um to try and bolster our uh, our football club's rank. So once the season starts, I definitely plan on streaming some of this.
0: I could stream the stream of you streaming it, and then I could be like a fucking announcer. Yeah, I need for the
5: making a
2: goal.
0: Yeah, I would love that. That'd be amazing. when I I tell you,
2: like you can skip over them, obviously, but every time you score a goal in this game, there's like no less than three replays that happen, and oof. it would be annoying if or anything but soccer, because like yeah, that would happen.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Like, imagine if you're watching a basketball game, like an NBA basketball game, and any time somebody shot a basketball in the hoop, they show three separate replays of that. Oh, guess we gotta. Yeah, the game would be nothing but replays. There's three
2: replays, all from different angles. Like one from behind the player, one from the, like top down, one from like uh, the side of the field. It's it's hilarious. They they go awesome. the extra mile with the shit.
0: <laughs> I appreciate. I can appreciate that. And, uh,
2: I-, I did want to point out one last thing because I think part of the Strikers flair that people always like in this series was everybody's unique power shots. Mm. And I want to say Peaches might be my favorite power shot I've ever seen in one of these games because her whole. Gimmick is that, like, in her power, she puts shot, the ball
0: between her bosom and shoots it out.
2: Well, she does do that first, but um, the ball like charms everyone it passes. So, if you do it perfectly as Peach, the goalie just catches the ball, you see his eyes light up, and then he turns around and throws it into the goal. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's cute, I like that. That's cool. I wonder if Blitzball influenced that at all, you know, like with like the jet shot and some of those other kind of unique shots.
2: I think it might be the opposite.
0: You think... Oh, you think that Mario uh,
3: no, no, Strikers think s- influenced the Blitzball. the sport
2: of soccer influenced
4: Blitzball.
0: Not what I meant. I meant specifically, like, with the, <laughs> oh. the power of shop.
4: Uh, well, maybe. <laughs>
2: what if they that got might... this
4: idea for these Mario
2: Strikers? You mean uh, yeah. Star Wars, cannon Blitzball?
0: Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Have you guys heard about
0: that? <laughs> yes. Uh... Why did they never make a Dead Space Gravity Ball game?
2: I, I, I We all like Griff Ball. Um, I, w- I would play Gravity Ball. Exactly. Dead Space remake out January.
3: Oh, God. If they have a fucking
0: Gravity Ball multiplayer mini game, I might be 100% in. I don't remember the date. I think that game might be out on my birthday. I have to check it again. You know what else is going to be out on your birthday? This dick You're a willy Cause you're gonna be naked In your birthday suit I think I'm just gonna go to dinner Or something You know I was trying to hype Until it they up they ask Rich, you to leave You're a fucking yeah, wet blanket yeah, today. They, And they always do It's rude You guys are wet blankets To me sometimes I'm Trying to Be happy and Hype up your birthday You're being a dick It's a while away I'll get excited it gets You're closer. being a dick wolf Right now Executive producer
2: Dick wolf <laughs> Yeah
0: <laughs> rich is wearing a shirt that says that which is why i'm mm-hmm. referencing that
2: my 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 lawn order
0: t-shirt it's perfect that is a damn good t-shirt thank you you're welcome thanks for finally taking a compliment anyways uh v rising we're gonna talk about v rising now josh what does the b stand for <laughs> <laughs> um,
2: oh
0: boy
2: i think it's vampire
4: yes it it is vampires um this is a survival crafting game but with the the but com- top down right. Yeah, with the with the the difference here being it's sort of an isometric ish um more action focused game with combat that's way more uh, sort of Diablo. Not 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 Diablo. It's it's not it doesn't have a good one to one parallel. It's close to like uh, a, a a um a MOBA-ish, but you're still controlling your character directly instead of, you know, like a bunch of mouse clicking yeah, clicking type be. stuff. Um, there are MOBAs
2: where you can control your character th- directly, There are, though.
4: but that's kind of, you know, just from a, like, try, trying to explain it uh, sort of thing. of the Gods, like Optimus Prime and mm-hmm. the band Slipknot. Okay. Um, but the uh, the the other thing that's really neat about this one is it's got I mean it's not really unique to this one but it's it's a cool feature because of that sort of MOBA combat focus uh is that you can start up a server to have different people come and join with PVP in a uh survival game uh where you can like fight each other and raid each other's castles um try to try to steal each other's crap um he shows his vampire gold. Exactly, exactly. Um it's really neat. It's uh I've been mostly bas mostly playing it by myself just because I like seeing how they hold up at that. I I I think generally survival games shine the best when you've got a group of friends to play it with. Um and and talk while you're grinding stuff out. Um especially if, like, one of of the neat things about that PvP thing is you can set up clans in a
3: uh, per-server, you know, thing. Like, okay, we're going to build um, either a group castle or a, uh, you know, each have our
4: own thing, but we can, you know, help defend each other uh, and fight against everyone else. Um. There can be a lot of stuff to collect in these games, and it's it really can just slow way way down. Um, that like it's not it's not uniquely a problem to this game, but like I noticed it a lot on this game because I have been playing mostly by myself so far, just because I'm not none of my friends are playing this. Like it, the <clears> game kind of blew up, which is why I decided, all right, like it looked interesting. Like I really liked the more snappy combat uh, in a game like this that is normally pretty pretty slow like even games that i really like um something like valheim the combat's still fairly slow in that game uh and this is much more immediate and snappy um so i wanted to wanted to check it out and i i I still feel like that solo experience is kind of kind of weak in this genre and it i'm not feeling a lot to rectify that particular problem but there's there's still a lot of other like i the the combat is kind of the draw here as far as I'm concerned like it is um
3: really really stand out in the field um sort of a system um
4: kind of going back to the general survival mechanics as a vampire, obviously you can't be out in the sun, so you're you know building your base and whatnot is something you can kind of. Do during the day when you've got to be out of the sun and whatnot, so it kind of gives you a it's you a, a nice rhythm. Design. Yeah, exactly. Like a nice rhythm. Like okay, like I can go out and do this stuff, and I've got this much time before I should get back and start working on my castle. You can stay in the shadows during the day, so like you're not forced to go back. But it is such mm. a massive pain to have to watch out for the shadows that move as the sun does. Um that it is uh like you're you're strongly encouraged to go back to your base and spend time on that during the day but not forced uh and i i think okay. like the the combat is so good that i think having a full server with you know either co-op and or pvp it would really make the game shine because that's how that's how survival games shine in general but then also having this combat against, you know, another actual person would be outstanding. Um, hmm. It sounds like
0: it would benefit from being able to do that. To be honest yeah. With and,
4: you. and that uh, you can set up like a permanent, you know, like, like, like when we were doing Valheim or whatever, like it's, it's pretty standard fare. Like you can pay to have someone host a server or you can run it off your machine. In which case, uh, everyone else can only join up while you're currently posting it, um, which makes it nice and fairly accessible for people to be able to hop into your game um, mm-hmm. and do that without an additional amount of money, which is nice. Uh, although, you know, you kind of lose out on a lot of the other benefits because, like, if it was a a hosted server anytime you were offline you'd have to worry about someone coming and stealing your castle um yeah, right which kind of adds an extra element to it, which is cool um
0: yeah, would I you like th- to th- see th- a crossover with castle crasher
4: i mean it's kind of it's kind it's kind of what that is like we need some costumes or something, maybe some tabards some something along those lines they a, should a good helmet. A helmet into this yeah um. But yeah, I think there's a lot of promise there. It's it's still in early access. Like, it, it's, um, it's very polished for early access so far. Mm. And they've got a good progression system where, like, you go and fight other, mostly other vampires, but sometimes other, like, really strong beasts or whatever okay. in order to drink their blood and gain their powers as a sort of skill tree-type progression thing right 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 um which is cool some of which give you like so far i've not really seen any real strict power boosts out of that like you'll get different options some of which are stronger in certain situations like especially if you're playing in a group setting you'll get some like okay this gives my team a shield or whatever which is not super useful if you're playing solo, but could make you all of a sudden very strong to show up and your party is
2: in a group, yeah, yeah,
4: much much stronger than they're expecting um mm. but then a lot of the other stuff is like um the the just the the general skill progression type things like oh i I fought this um zombie, who was like a really you know kind of. Beefy, like mining, zom- or not zombie, but like vampire or whatever, and it lets me mine harder ores or whatever, like stuff like that. Um, mm. so the miner thrall, yeah, exactly, and and a lot of those are kind of hidden, hidden. Well, not really hidden because you get you can smell their blood, but you know, out in the world, like it gives you lots of reason to kind of go and explore. It's, I've really enjoyed it so far. I really, I, I need to get. Need to get some friends playing that game because I think that would really make it shine. Um, I think
0: uh... is it scratching that Diablo itch?
4: It, it it really is in in a similar sort of way. It feels really good to to just just play the combat in this game, which is something I don't get out of a lot of other survival games. Like frankly, in Valheim, I mean, none of it's bad, but like I could I could fuck around just building houses in Valheim. Like just constantly, mm. there's just the building is so much fun in that game that like that, that's that's what makes me love that game so much. Right, um, and I feel like the combat is kind of the outstanding feature in this game. So,
0: cool. Yeah, it looks fun. I mean, it gives me a little bit of that torchlight vibe and
3: Diablo vibe, so that action RPG vibe oh, in yeah. general. Yeah,
0: so, looks dope. Cool. Well, Rich, you want to briefly mention a game that you got a uh, code for? Yeah, called Power um, Core.
2: Yeah. Um. So this isn't this game isn't out yet. I want to say uh, embargo on what I got to play is up by the time Will this podcast be, comes out.
0: What? Well, yeah, I was gonna say, won't it be out by the time this podcast? No. Comes out? Oh, it won't.
2: No, this was a a like closed door demo, is what we were sent um for power chord, which i've talked about in the past because i played a little bit of it at pax yes um, but just sort of to refresh people's memory on this one it is a slay the spire style roguelike deck builder um which a lot of the comparisons i would make to it are it's like slay the spire by way of the brutal legend aesthetic of like fantasy metal um with a little oh, bit yeah. of dead by daylight in and uh, no, i'm sorry not dead by daylight uh fuck darkest dungeon in there in terms of like party management because it's Mm. not as simple as you're playing cards you're composing a party a full band a drummer a bassist a guitarist and a singer and the cards are built around those characters if a character is dead you can no longer play their cards etc um and you're progressing through this tower fighting these demons who are returning from hell there's a lot of really cool lore like you're you're, the drummer you start with is the last of like this reign of heavy metal knights that fought back these demons centuries ago. Uh, <laughs> there's insane lore in this game that I really dig, and the music's awesome. That's great. Um,
0: I think that's... De- re- I, I want to say, I think that's really cool, really quickly. I, I'm sorry for interrupting.
3: Rich, you know, please the, go on.
0: The, the lore, just simply because if you look at a lot of the history of black metal and how it's so tied with uh, Norse mythology and just North history, Norse... History, not North, but Norse history. The the Norse
2: are from the north, though.
0: That is true. That's true. Norse history. That it makes a lot of sense that a a game of this style would combine those two elements. That's all I want. Oh,
2: and it combines so much. Like it goes in so many crazy directions beyond that. Like one of my favorite characters is, and I'll run this down quick because I definitely talked about it last time, but I want to make sure people are on the same page. Every band member has like a certain build. Like the drummer is your tank the guitarist is your main damage dealer uh the singer is typically your support or like healer character um and your bassist does a lot of like aoe and like uh, bravely
4: run away d- away <laughs> d-
2: damage over time attacks like the bassist, they start you off with in this demo is from the like techno ninja clan and he's got like a gas mask and does all sorts of like uh, poison damage. And st- every character has a really cool design to them. The guitarist is like this super Scottish, like overly designed character with a guitar that is also a literal axe. Mm. Um, but the the main new thing in this, and it much like the demo I got to play at Pax, it lets you go up to the first boss, but it uh, introduces a new support character that you can try out. Um, that's very different than the one I got to try previously. So. Mm the one i had used the initial time i played this game was more of a straight healer uh she would mostly deal cards that are like oh you can deal up to this amount of damage and based off the amount of damage you deal you also heal for this things like that yeah um this character in addition to building like attack charges like all the other characters do uh has like a tarot deck and is based on building arcana charges and can from there uh do some really interesting stuff to help you deal damage faster like i was dealing cards in his deck that i really liked um a lot of the characters will have stance changes that sort of change the way they play for example the guitarist one of the main things he does is one of the main ways he deals damage is through rage and when your guitarist is attacked his rage meter goes up The higher his rage meter, the more damage he deals. But once he attacks, that rage meter is wiped. So if you force the enemy to target him a lot, you can have him wailing on a ton of enemies in one turn and dealing a ton of damage. Hmm. Um, Okay. This new singer has a stance uh, that I believe is called, like, it's like dynamic duo, or it might... It's something to do with duo. Basically, it allows you to tie him to another band member, and then whatever spells that band member cast, he also deals (laughs) so, <laughs> that's kind of cool uh basically i was doing huge damage by building up the rage on my guitarist then tying the singer to my guitarist so whenever the guitarist attacked the singer would then do that same attack again
3: That's oh, okay. cool. that is really
2: cool um the thing like i love card games like this because and i feel like this is no exception this game wants you to break it in like marvelous ways by oh, yeah. like finding the best card combinations like just having that run where you're like oh i am exploiting the fuck out of this system in a way that doesn't feel broken it just feels satisfying
0: Mm. Yeah, yeah i like like we talked about that we talked about that during metroid dread when that game came out i like when games excuse me game developers specifically are aware that there are gamers that like to break systems and allow for that that's pretty cool
2: yeah and that was one of the things i loved about Inscription so much uh and it was why i've fought for that game so hard in game of the year the past year yeah and this is definitely scratching that itch and i also really like the aesthetic and the writing in it um there's i i didn't see any of these when i did the initial demo that doesn't mean they weren't in there i probably just didn't see them uh occasionally on the you know map you're progressing through because it is a a roguelite um you'll encounter an icon that's just like a question mark and they're just like text event encounters and some of them are like weird they'll be like oh you encounter one of the old knights of x legion and like the options will be like ignore them or like ask them to teach you what it means to rock and then like Hmm. it'll be like them giving you like this bonus like epic attack card because it's just it's got some cool stuff in it i think they're really leaning hard into the fantasy meets metal aesthetic and it it ends up being something really cool for it
0: Hmm. I'm definitely going to have to check that game out. seems right in my wheelhouse.
2: Yeah, it's due out later this year. There's not a firm date yet, but the fact that they keep sending us these little vertical slices uh, tells me there's something to look forward to. And I'm going to, because they are kind enough to send this over, I'm going to do a short little write-up on this that'll be up by the time this podcast is out. So if you want to get a little bit more of a taste of what I checked out, you can read that on the site.
5: Okay.
0: That sounds good. Cool. Well, the last thing we're going to talk about today, um, I'm going to talk about a six-year-old game very briefly. Uh, It's a game that um, I tried playing years ago, and my PC couldn't handle it. Finally found it on Game Pass, and uh, I've decided to play it. It's called Firewatch. Um, And I'm sure a lot of you are like, whoa, it's about time you got the program. But uh, but those of you that don't know what Firewatch is, it is basically a... um, would you say it's not not quite a walking simulator? It's just more like an adventure game, if anything. I um, mean,
2: I'd call it a walking simulator. Yeah, it's a good one. Like, I don't have the derogatory term that I think a lot of people associate with that. Like, I like those games.
0: Yeah, I, I think a lot of people is, like assume something negative when you say walking sim, but I don't mean it like that.
2: Oh, I, I, I think you're right. But when I say walking sim, I don't mean. it. This is the genre. It. Like, That's it's, a, it's, yeah, it's a genre, and it's a genre I enjoy.
0: Yeah, like, I
4: I understand it's derogatory, but I I think this is closer to the walking sim than the adventure game type. I don't don't even know anything closer that I'd really associate it with. This is no Monkey Island. Um,
2: As Mr. Miyagi would say about walking sims, if do right, no can defend. Uh
0: (laughs) Thank you, Mr. Miyagi, for your infinite wisdom. But no, um, I, I will say that it's but as i i really haven't want to play video games lately i'm gonna be honest with you guys at all mm-hmm. and um when i put this game on i was like this is the type of game i needed right now
4: oh yeah absolutely very
0: peaceful i think that's a good palate cleanser it's been nice i mean that there is a mystery in there um that's part, part of the charm of this game is that there's a mystery that you're solving the story revolves around um and this happens within the very beginning of the story so i'm not Spoiling anything? You play as um I his name is Hank, if I remember correctly. Um, the main character, where basically what John happens, Firewatch. he's watching fire, and that's the whole story. Now um, sorry, Henry is his name. Mm-hmm. I'm Henry, Henry Firewatch. Henry Firewatch. So at the beginning, you kind of get this little dialogue um story, of you're picking certain dialogue choices where you learn kind of about his history um, right before you get up to this point. And it's, it's kind of told in a red version of the movie up in some ways, where basically um, he meets this, this woman while he's in college. Uh, She's a professor. He ends up marrying her. Um, They get a dog. They're living a happy life. Um, She gets a job at Yale teaching um, they're doing the long-distance thing. They're struggling with it a little bit. They have ups and downs in their marriage. And then she starts showing early um, signs
3: of Alzheimer's. She has early-onset Alzheimer's. And um, she can't teach any longer. So you have essentially... Um, you, you end up sending her to
0: live with her... Family in Australia, which is where she's from, and then you take
3: a job in the Shoshone National Forest as a, um, not a, uh, sorry, not a, not a, fire watchman, not a fire watchman, a, uh, ranger, not ranger,
2: yeah,
3: ranger. I got, yeah, I just got, yeah, ranger,
0: um, in a certain part of the Shoshone wilderness. And, that's kind of where the game starts out as and it's like nar- it's a very narrative driven game um you're talking with one of your colleagues on the
3: radio you're solving some problems us, and then a mystery starts to unfold and that's where the game kind of goes to and i think that's where i'll stop with the story because obviously then i'll start getting into spoilers and that is the you- whole thing yeah i mean that is the entire game so i don't i don't want to spoil it um that the game, mechanically, is simple enough. Um, can't really
0: talk too much about that. You walk and you pick up things. That's that's the extent of the mechanics of the game for you. It simulates walking. Right, exactly. Um, I really like the environments a lot. You can tell it's a game that was made six years ago um, by an indie developer, and I don't mean that in a negative way. I just mean that
3: simply... Um, It's a game of its time in terms of graphics, in terms of uh, what they were trying to do with the game. And
0: despite that, I really enjoy walking around in that wilderness. It reminds, it's very nostalgic for me. It reminds me of being back home, living in Montana in a lot of ways. So um, I've really enjoyed that aspect of it. I've enjoyed the the sound design of the game is awesome. I, I like it. Uh, A lot of aspects about it. The music that they use is incredibly sparse. And when they do use it, it creates levity in certain situations or it amps up the suspense Mm -hmm. of what's happening in the story. And it's used very effectively. And I really like the some of the ambient sounds. You'll hear some rustling here and there, which, again, builds up the suspense. Or
3: you'll hear, you know, if you wake up one early morning, um, you're kind of walking around the pond. You'll hear certain birds, yeah.
0: and for me, that was really fun trying to identify which birds I was hearing. Because at one point, when I was in college, I studied, you know, bird sounds, so I was trying to figure out, oh, what bird is that? You know, like for me, that's the added benefit of something like that. Trying yeah. to remember some some knowledge, some from, ornithology. Some ornithology, yes. Good job, Rich.
3: Nice way I to know, pull that one.
0: I know words. <laughs> But uh, I've really enjoyed that. Uh, obviously, the, the the graphics are still pretty decent. I mean, it's an indie game. It's going for a specific art design. I like that.
3: The story is the obvious driving force here. And so far, I've been intrigued by what's going on. Um, I, I, I haven't finished the game yet. I was, full disclosure, trying to finish it right
0: before the show. And when we went on break, I was trying to squeeze in a few extra minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm almost at the end. I want to know how the story ends, but I will say that
3: choosing to put the main character, Henry into the Shoshone wilderness as he's trying to process
0: his what's happening with his wife and his marriage and what that means for his future was perfect. That is perfect yeah. because that, I mean, I feel like in the real world there, there are people, um, do that they go into the wilderness to fish or to hunt or just to hike camp whatever it is to try and deal and understand the problems that are facing them and it's it's, for some people it's a way to you know run away and escape for other people it's just a mechanism it's a exactly it's a coping Mm -hmm. mechanism they're they're going out there for a few days or a few hours just to try and understand and try to cope and deal with these problems
3: and i just think that granted the whole story is dependent on that setting but i think it it was it's a really cool way of you know saying like this is a real world problem let's put them in a fictionalized
0: yet realistic enough scenario for you as the player to kind of deal with that that frustration and loneliness that the main character henry is facing um, yeah. It's not a it's it's not a strictly sad game, but I like the use of that.
2: It's pretty sad.
0: <laughs> there are moments
3: of hilarity for sure, though. Like some of yeah. the banter between um, him and his uh, co-worker is pretty funny at times.
1: Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah.
3: But um, I know you guys played that years and years and
0: years ago, so probably... I remember really
2: liking it. I do remember really liking that game.
3: It's been fun. I, I, I want to finish it. I want to know how how everything ends. So, um, yeah, I'll leave it at that because I obviously have more to go. So. Hell yeah. yeah. Hell hell yeah, buddy. Well, we're going to uh, go on one final quick break.
0: And when we come back, we will be revealing the Who social media.
3: Yes, that too. That too. We will re- reveal the results of the social media poll So we'll be right back
2: It was Maggie
3: I'm <laughs> gonna oh, fuck you on break
2: <laughs> Quit talking about it and just fucking do it Nobody believes you at this point
0: Good people of the earth If you're here listening to the Chompcast I want to say a big thank you Now I don't know if you know this But the Chompcast isn't the only podcast that we do.
2: That's right. We have Evoking the Sublime, when Shay interviews game developers about the creation of their games.
4: We also have Chomping After Dark, the podcast where we deep dive into the story of video games, as well as the occasional TV show and movie.
2: And lastly, our newest podcast, Chomping at the Bits, went live just a few months ago, where myself and some friends break down the historical relevance of popular
0: video games over the years. We have tons of content, and we'd love for you to check it out and let us know what you think.
4: You can listen wherever you get your podcasts, or over at the Sword Chomp website
2: few ladies are done gabbing, I have
1: some
0: shit to do. All right, three, two, one, we are
3: back. Three, two, one, we are back. Rich, we're back. Josh, we're back. Everyone, we're back. Ba-da-ba. Josh, cut it out. Yeah, Josh is creating a rave over there.
0: Um, we did some social media polls, which you can, uh, vote on every Tuesday at the SolarChomp Instagram. And we will read out the results and reflect on them, which is always fun for us. Hopefully it's fun for you guys,
3: because, uh, keep voting. Anyway, so we're going to reveal the first poll on NPR.
0: <sighs> so, Capcom announced its own showcase dropping next week. Uh, do you... <laughs> I don't know if I can keep that. Do you expect big news? Uh fifty-four percent of people said fingers crossed and uh forty six percent of people said not even a little.
3: What do you guys think?
2: I feel like Capcom kinda already blew the load on all its stuff. Yeah. Uh Street Fighter Six, Resident Evil Four remake uh dead space remake like i mean maybe we'll see more of all those things i'm super interested in all of those things
4: yeah i'm, I'm also curious what they're saving for fingers a conference at this? like what what else are you telling us about but dino what about crisis the new metro Prime?
2: dino crisis remake what does that have to do with capcom
4: oh you're right you're right i'm sorry i don't know why it's
0: I, gonna, I don't know. why I thought they did it for some reason. You know, they I got
2: handy shade. That'd be a really be interesting place to unveil it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh.
3: What if they did a uh, like? All jokes aside, what if they did a Dead Rising remake?
2: I think I kind of already said Dino Crisis remake, so I don't really want to ask for too much. <laughs> <laughs> well,
0: uh... I, I would take the Dead Rising
2: remake over Dino Crisis. Uh, you, that's an insane opinion. <laughs> um, well it's one that's mine. Um, mine alone. I think they need to use that as an evil engine to
3: remake Dino Crisis, you know?
2: You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. Well anyways, uh
3: go to the next one. Has anyone played this abomination yet? That was uh, Diablo Immortal. And we had a whole whopping
0: eleven percent of people say it's awesome. I... <laughs> And 40, 4, or sorry 89 per I guess when that's the option God, no.
2: I thought about trying it just to see what it's like but then I decided not to like the, the funny part is like I've heard like mechanically it's really sound and like hey this is a well thought out diablo game but like the loot you're getting is like the opportunity to buy more stuff
3: yeah yep. yeah it I yeah s- I saw a stupid article that um said yesterday so polygon <laughs> Maybe no, I saw it on Reddit. I saw it on, burn.
0: I saw it on Reddit where um said that one like some big
3: name <laughs> streamer spent ten thousand dollars in the game and didn't get the item that they were looking for. I'm glad they don't deserve it. Yeah, I don't know how you spend that much money inside. Of I don't the think anyone game.
4: spent that much money. I think I think you're conflating two things because someone did spend hundreds of dollars without getting a single. Drop that they were looking for one of one of the streamers, but also I saw ten thousand but also after that someone started to math out what the like guaranteed returns were for playing it, and it it would take i think it was over a it, it may have been just shy or just over eleven thousand dollars to fully gear a character if you were buying stuff. Um, perfect that's and and just over 10 years of gameplay time not not you know play it for 10 years but 10 years specifically playing the game to accomplish the same thing if you didn't want to spend money 10 years of gameplay. that's right
2: that's right in my budget
4: yeah that's how
2: about five years
4: and six thousand dollars yeah that's anyway anyway it's, it's like it's insane that they think they can get away with that and it's it's more
3: insane well, they will, that they can they are <laughs> yeah like don't you people have phones no yeah that, that that's the sort of monetization strategy that people should be hanged for now let's put it on the blockchain uh-huh. I'm gonna put you on the chopping chain. Ha! F- huh. huh. Sounds so fucking dumb. Got him, yeah. fucking Zambo. That's pretty good. Yeah. All right. Next poll. Gersman is finally leaving Giant Bomb. Um, that's that's the poll. Uh, fifty-seven percent of people said, "See a partner,"
0: like in like a good way. Mhm, and then forty three percent of people said, "Good riddance."
2: I don't understand the forty three percent of you. Well,
0: I am amongst that yeah, for no, sure. So I said, "I don't understand." Who is this? Jeff Garza. <laughs> Josh, that's the best one. He's uh one, one of the of guys my, who... most influential never. people in gaming media ever. I can respect and appreciate what he's done for gaming journalism, but I can't fucking stand his analysis ever. I've never liked the guy. Always drove me nuts every time I listen to Giant Bomb when I used to listen. Oh, I think he's got fucking
2: wonderful analysis. He's, like, one of the reasons I got into games journalism.
0: Look, and that's why, like, I respect what he's done for it. And I'm sure there are some people here who are trashing me for it, and that's fine. It's
2: Curious to see him go, though. That is very much the house that he built. um, I know. Him and Ryan Davis. So it is... Um, and I just genuinely like not to harp on this forever. I'm, I'm genuinely curious about how the departure went, because I feel like there had to be some degree of animosity there with the way Red Venture was taking the company because he did not even have a farewell bomb cast. He was just gone.
0: Right. I've heard that Dan Rickert has come back yeah, to the giant. Bomb, Dan
2: Rickert is back on as a oh, creative, yeah, Dan Reichert, creative director over there. Um, hmm. As it turns out, his time at the wrestling factory was not that great because the WWE is not super into letting people who love to do wild shit do wild shit. Hmm.
0: Yeah, yeah, they're, they're kind of a shit show unto themselves. But um, yeah, yeah I, I,
2: I I honestly thought I was like probably like done with Giant Bomb content with Gertzman's departure. Like I was like I probably won't listen to the Bombcast again because it's just such a different thing now. But with uh, Riker back on, I will probably see how the show continues to shape up uh well really yeah everyone that has been there since the beginning is gone yeah literally everyone exactly Brad shoemaker vinnie caravella eric alex navarro jeff gertzman ryan davis obviously deceased for quite a while at this point but yeah yeah i man i
0: miss hearing ryan davis on that
2: he yeah no i mean he died so young too that was fucking sad as all hell yeah actually
0: i like he is one of the few like journal it's ir- ironic that we do a podcast because I can't stand most video game journalists but uh he was one of the few that I just usually genuinely an moron.
1: Listening...
0: <laughs> right um he was, like he just was so positive and just the way he analyzed things I, I really liked his personality on the show and very smart and like
2: yeah, I, I I feel the same way about Kurtzman and his, his analysis being like methodical and well thought out. Like both fucking tremendous talents, as far as I'm concerned.
3: Well, you know, to those of you that enjoy him, I hope that his new podcast is enjoyable. Yeah, hopefully, good things happen to him. I guess.
5: <laughs>
3: I I don't dislike him. I just I like as a person. Just I didn't like how he did his job or whatever? So, sure. Otherwise I don't really I don't really care. But uh, let's I don't move dislike on. him personally,
4: just philosophically.
3: Yeah exactly.
4: Shit <laughs> the fuck you off, nailed it <laughs>
3: um, I still don't know who we're talking about. Anal beads. Uh
0: does anyone think we're actually I like getting silk <laughs> does anyone actually think we're getting silk song? next year instead of this year uh, 42% of people told me to be patient dude fuck that game isn't real and uh, 58% of people said
3: hell nah we're getting it in 2027 both the same answer yeah pretty much pretty much I pretty much was saying like we're not getting it this year yeah correct I don't know there's a lot of year left you say that, but I can't believe we're already a third of the way through June.
4: Not the way I'm doing it.
0: <laughs> Every okay. day's January twenty-third when you're on shrooms for long enough. Mm-hmm. I wanna wake up! Never. I don't know, you guys think we're getting that game this year? I don't think we are.
3: Um twenty twenty seven. Book it. <laughs> Fucking book it. Um I guess not much to say there. Okay, we'll move on. So, recently, at one of the conventions, there was a scrub panel. A scrubs panel, rather.
0: It was (laughs) right next to the no scrubs panel. It was
4: very awkward. (laughs)
2: TLC was there, yeah. Yeah. And uh, Zach Braff was like, yes, I was the space fascist.
0: Uh, There are some discussions, uh, they talked about it at the con on their panel, about making a Scrubs reunion happen on
3: screen, instead of their podcast that they've been doing. Uh, Bill had mentioned it, uh, who is the creator of Scrubs. So, do you want
0: to see it? Fifty-one percent of people said, it's going to happen, and I'll love it. And 49% of people said, no, don't do that.
2: I mean, the last season of Scrubs is bad enough. Shouldn't we just leave it alone?
0: It's pretty fucking bad. It's terrible. It's so bad. But I will say this with the podcast being one of the most successful podcasts in recent
3: years, it is constantly one of the most popular ones, or consistently, constantly, consistently one of the most popular ones that I think I could see why they would want to do a reunion movie. Um, Just. Don't follow in the footsteps of friends.
2: (laughs) Nine seasons in a movie.
3: That's what they've been saying this whole time. Yeah. But would you guys be interested
0: in tuning into that?
2: I would watch that if it is a thing that happened, but um, I'm just going to keep asking where are all the characters in the final season? Like Dave Franco's beloved addition to the teaching hospital.
0: (sighs) Better Dave than uh, James. I yeah. always say. Yeah, that. That's a good point. There's that. Where's um very positive DJ's, outlook?
2: DJ Qualls.
0: DJ Quals was in the ninth season? I forgot about that.
2: I think he was in the show before that. I don't know that he was in the ninth season. Oh no,
0: you're right. You're right. He was in the show before that. I forgot. I consistently I feel bad because like I've never I've liked whatever he's been in and I've you know, like, to the degree that you can have appreciated whatever role Uh, he's had, but I always forget about his existence.
4: I appreciate him philosophically, not personally.
2: Yeah, that's how I feel about DJ Qualls. I'm really sorry to see DJ Qualls go. Yeah. I love Road Trip.
0: (laughs) I love Freddy Got Fingered. That has nothing to do with DJ Qualls. You shouldn't.
2: That movie's aged
0: poorly. Daddy, would you like some sausages? Some would argue it was pretty shitty at the time. That's why you like it. It's so bad it's bad. And it's, not good.
2: Yeah, that was the tagline for Freddy Got Fingered. Freddie, this summer, Freddy got fingered. It's so bad, it's bad. <laughs> How does Tom Green keep getting work?
3: Because he asked one simple question, Rich. And what was that question? Daddy, would you like
0: some sausages? I wasn't, I wasn't ever gonna do that, so I know, I know you're gonna leave me hanging. Cause you're a no but instead of a yes and mm. kind of no, guy. I'm a yes
2: and a lot of the time
4: but if it's a
0: time no it's just those quote... those
4: sausages are supposed to be
0: hanging <laughs> low hanging sausages
2: Are you with <laughs> the term low hanging for with the term do
0: you guys <sausages>. have the phrase <laughs> hat on a hat here low hanging sausages that's that's going to be our new thing this for the rest of the year guys Rich, you know that's a really low-hanging sausage. I'm just right gonna there. start saying that uh, characters in games are like the DJ Quals of the story. There you go. <laughs> I think that's what's co- like. That's the only good thing that's come out of this episode. Low-hanging sausage, and that character is the DJ Quals.
4: Yeah, the I rest think, of this I episode, think... complete wash. I, really, I don't, know, I don't know how you got to this point, Throw but I'm, I'm glad you stuck it out. I really
2: think Tails is the DJ Quals of the Sonic universe. Shut the fuck <laughs> up. <laughs> All right.
0: And at last poll Annapurna Studios is starting a new studio with some people who worked on What Remains of Edith Finch, Hyperlight Drifter, and Solar Ash. They're starting a brand new studio. It's unnamed at this point. They have their initial project that they're
3: working on are you excited 70% of people said hype. and uh, 30% of people incorrectly said nah bruh Uh
2: yeah that's a promising collection of folks I'm interested to see what they put out
0: dude yeah it is a great collection of people um I'm excited to see where it goes Mm -hmm. because I love both of those studios that those people came from both those games, or all three of those games are
3: awesome. Yeah, I'm excited to see what comes out of that. Hell yeah.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: Oh, that, that was fun to talk about.
4: Yeah. I think so. <gasps> Yeah, just not, <laughs> not enough information that. there, other than, yeah. look at this
0: super band we're putting together.
2: Yeah, which...
4: exactly.
0: Yeah. I feel like this project could be the DJ quals of the uh,
2: I, you know, developer world. I was world. thinking that. I was thinking that, and you, like you know, spoke words to power there. Mm. Like I think Orko is like the DJ Quals of the He-Man universe. You're
0: right, but I think that's a low hanging sauce.
3: Orko is pretty cool. <laughs> I know. I, I just wanted to fit
0: those jokes in one more time before we forget about them for the rest <laughs> so of the next year. Next week, more thoughts on Orko.
3: <laughs> that's right. And how to properly brine your sausage? Do you brine sausage or not? I just make some shit uh, up. It's an I'm option. Not sa- I'm not a
0: sausage maker.
4: It's an option, but normally you'd you'd not want to. Uh, yeah, no, it's you. You can pickle sausage. There's plenty of pickled sausage. So,
0: you so say uh, cucumbers taste better
2: pickled.
4: You guys see that?
2: Um... <laughs> that. Uh... <laughs> get like, it out, Rich! Come like on, take the after- sausage out of your that, mouth. That and like tell eight, us. that 80s After School special on how to deal with your parents' divorce, hosted by Alan thick and Orko. Uh, no. <laughs> All right, I'll link it to you right now. If you have 30 God. minutes to kill at some point in your day, okay,
4: mm-hmm. okay.
2: Yeah, didn't know well, I needed this.
0: Well, speaking of killing, let's kill this episode and get it over with. Put it out of its misery. Uh, I, I wanna, I wanna say, uh if you have got this far I want to apologize I noticed that my computer was using the wrong mic at the very end of the show I apologize for that um, and, you know it's our first week back off of vacation these things tend to happen
1: mm-hmm. but
0: I want to apologize not it's not going to be our usual quality that you expect on me I apologize um, uh, but I, uh, I want to say thank you to you for checking out the show and listening um, if this is your first time being here or you just need a fucking reminder if you want more content from us, head over to swordchomp.com where we have a bunch of new, not new, bunch of podcasts. A bunch of nude
2: podcasts.
0: <laughs> a uh, bunch of nude-ass fuckers. Uh, no, a bunch of podcasts. Uh, there are always new episodes going up every month on those podcasts. Well, most of the podcasts. Oh, man, I'm off my game today, guys. I'm sorry. I don't know what, mm-hmm. what i oh, yeah, about. I found it when mom and dad break up. Here you go. All right. Thank you. Send it it to me. Um, (laughs) More podcasts for you guys to check out. We also have an article section where we review games and have think pieces. We also have a merch store that you can check out, uh, store.swordchomp.com, or you can just click the link and check it out. Also, we have a Patreon at patreon.com slash swordchomp, where... I said it like Sean Connery, short chomp. Short chomp. Short chomp. Welcome to the rock. Uh, Yeah. A league of extraordinary gentlemen. Welcome to the short chomp. Welcome to the short chomp. Well, patreon.com slash short chomp, where we have a bunch of tiers. You can support us. And it allows us to make mediocre content such as this episode. The dog's name was Indiana. (laughs) But no, it helps us out a lot. Um you can check it out there. I'm done with our uh fucking usual plug. I'm done with this episode. I'm done being me for the rest of the day. I'm gonna go punch my dick into oblivion and hopefully wake up tomorrow a better human being. But I wanna say I love you, Rich. Thank you for calling in. I love, I love you, you, Josh, buddy. thank you for calling in too. Yeah. Um I'm working on loving myself. I was your host, Shay. And uh, I definitely love you, the listeners out there. So be well, be safe out there. Um, Use three condoms. One for yourself, one for your dog, and one for the Holy Spirit. (laughs) (laughs) Let's get the fuck out of here. Yep. Take care, everyone.
2: Yep. Mailed it. Mailed it. (laughs) Oh, is that a Jesus joke? Nailed it. A-boom!